Thank you for listening to this podcast brought to you by Baylife Church Port Stevens. We hope you find this message challenges and inspires you in your daily Christian walk. For more information, visit www.baylifechurch.org.au. We're celebrating ADOT week, so let's get it on the way, because once I start talking, you're going to have to say, wind it up, sister. So So I just want to also acknowledge the caretakers, the Waramai people of this country, the custodians of the land, beautiful country here, and, you know, those that have gone before and the present and always the future. And I believe there's some great things happening here in the community. And Jimmy was saying they went along and Lisa to the NAIDOC celebrations and met lots of Christians there. And so how beautiful is that to connect? So I just want to acknowledge those. And as so let's get to the first slide. All right. Now this we're praying for a psalm. So I got the heavens are yours and yours also the earth. You founded the world and all that is in it. And it's about how God created the land and that the land belongs to him. And we've already acknowledged that. It, he, he created it and it belongs to him. And I think if we come from that heart that nothing belongs to us. And our, in, and our, our ancestors, our Aboriginal ancestors, they never claimed to own this land. They always claimed to be just the custodians of this land. Always. And so in, in that, in my heart, I always knew that in my heart. Because I never had a trouble being a Murray, you know. I knew where I was from and who I was, and so and that was always something in our hearts. So it's it's biblical, it's scripture, and so that's that's something that we can hold in our heart when we're thinking about NAIDOC and our um, Indigenous people. It's not about us wanting to own the land. It's not never been about that. And then um, the next scripture that I have is, Then God blessed them and said, Be fruitful and multiply, fill the earth and govern it, reign over the fish in the sea, the birds in the sky, and all the animals that scurry along the ground. And the Aboriginal people of this land did that. And they didn't all live together. Everyone had their own country. I think you saw the, the map before. There was many nations here, about 500, I believe, on, on, this, on this land. And so each one had a parcel of land that they were responsible for and they were the caretakers of that. And they moved within the seasons. So again, it's all biblical. I think it's Ecclesiastes. He says, you know, there's a time for every season. And so they didn't, um, you know, they didn't raise the land and, and take advantage of it. They moved according to the seasons and where the food was available. And um, so... Quite then, obviously, to me, it's like they took it quite seriously that they were the custodians of the land. It was like a responsibility that they have. Just as we have as Christians, we have a responsibility. We are custodians of God's word, you know. We are custodians of the land that he places us on. We are custodians of, you know, we're in a church. The church is on a land, so he gives you the land to build the church. And we are custodians of that, how we take care of it and how we look after it and not to own it. It's not ours, it's his. It's all his. Let's give him all the glory and give him all the praise. Come on. So, you know, it's, it's got to be all about him. Oh, God. He's so amazing. Now, song lines. So that's the theme. This is the theme for, for, um, 
for NAIDOC. I mean, who loves seeing? No one more than me in the shower. I think I'm pretty deadly. <laughs> 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 hey? Who loves it? My grandkids. My, these, James and his sister, we'd go to church and I'd be up there singing away. They'd go, Mum, shut up. <laughs> They'd be putting their hands over my mouth. <laughs> You're singing too loud. That's how I stopped them from going shopping with them all the time because you know how they play the music's in the shop? That real, yes. I'd be there singing and dancing. They'd go, oh, you're shamed. <laughs> Don't take her shopping anymore. I reckon, yes, it worked. <laughs> you know, song long singing is important. But it's more important and it's more... Um, value and it's worth more when it's singing to him and giving him the worship and giving the praise, singing him praises. And so the, the, the song line is about, usually was the corroboree. And corroborees were done for many, many reasons. Usually at the end of the day when everyone got together around the campfire and would sing, do the dance, you know, about what they, their hunt for the day and giving thanks for the food that were provided because the Lord provided for them. And um, he, he they, they did celebrations um, with other tribes so then they would have other meeting places. I don't know if anyone's heard of the Laura Festival up in North Queensland. If you ever can get up there, it's quite amazing. Um, but... That was that's a big celebration in Australia, and it's about all the different tribes coming together in the Cape and sharing their dances and their stories and their songs. So, um, and that was something that was practiced throughout throughout the throughout our culture. So, and we did that a lot when I was a kid growing up. So, in his um, what are we up to? We were going to play this. You know, because his word says, let the word of Christ dwell in you richly, teaching and admonishing one another in all wisdom, singing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs with thankfulness in your hearts to God. So I believe that our people did give thanks. They had no distractions back then. <laughs> they had no distractions. They, they, they had to, would have known that it had come from somewhere and they were very spiritual people. So are you winding me up? Oh. <laughs> oh, no, I'm fine. And thank you, Jim. So, um, and yeah, we wanted to play that because these dances here are actually from um, our, our mob, Mullinjali dances. So let's get on to, yeah, we'll just get on to Grandad, next one. Okay, now, so I had it in my heart when Jim rang me to, for our song line, is to, this is Bill and Billin. Now, Bill and Billin is my... So my grandma, my great, he's my great-great-grandfather. Now, um, I know when I saw this photo, I just cried. I'm thinking, oh, my God, I wish I had known him. And um, he, was, he was the traditional elder of the lands from the Pimpama River. I don't think we have that. But our mobs, Mananjali, I wish I had a big stick. I'd point to that over there. But we're up down over here. Oh, down, 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 down. See that, that, whoa, up there, yeah, Mananjali, back, yeah, between the two rivers. So, where I'm a Mananjali woman, Yugambi is that, that whole language area is Yugambi language area. 
And um, so, yeah, Bay Desert, Gold Coast, great land, hinterland, look at that. And, um, and he was the caretaker custodian. That was his responsibility of all that land from the Pimpama River all the way up to those borders around there. So um, he had a big job, old Bill and Bill. And um, we can only trace back as far as him. He, there was a, um, a German missionary, uh, a houseman, his surname was, and he started a mission up at, called Bethesda, up at Bean Lee. And so he wanted to t- put all the people in the mission, but old Bill and Bill in here, and they, they um, he, you know, he didn't want his people to move. He was the caretaker of the land. He took that job very seriously, obviously. But so they gave him this breastplate, and in those days, a lot of most people, you know, everyone probably may have heard of Jackie Jackie. It's what they call a lot of Aboriginal people, and so they give him a breastplate to to acknowledge that he was. They called him King Jackie Jackie, but that he was the traditional custodian of those lands. So that was an acknowledgement. And he wore this breastplate as a protection because he didn't want to be moved. He wanted to stay on that land. And for his people, it wasn't just for him. He didn't want anyone to be moved. So what he did, and people were starting to resist a bit there and there was some killings and stuff like that and people forcibly removed. So he wanted to make peace and so he... Um, did whatever he had to do. So he started handing out Bibles for the missionaries. So he wanted to work with, so that he wouldn't have to be moved from his land. He worked with the people and handed out Bibles and did whatever it is that he had to do. So, um, yeah, I was crying when I think about it. But I just, um, God, the Holy Spirit put my, can we go to the next one? The next slide. And eventually, because the Holy Spirit say what you know. Oh, this is my grandmother. Look at her. This is the one. This lady here, she was known as Granny Polo. And so when I was growing up, she was the matriarch of our street. (laughs) You didn't mess with grandma. And um, she was an amazing woman. Now, she wouldn't have known her grandfather. So Billum Billum was her grandfather. His daughter who's mentioned in, like if you go back and do research, she's mentioned in a lot of the, um, the information that's been provided, Granny Mitty. And Granny Polo wouldn't have known him, but she sure did inherit his fighting spirit. And um, they tried many times to remove her children. I think two of her daughters and a couple of her nieces were removed from Bow Desert um, during the early um, 1900s probably about 1927, 1930, around about that time. And she, because she worked for the landowners and she was very well respected, she was a hard worker and she went to the um, her boss because she thought, she acknowledged that he was a man of authority and so he had some power with, with the laws of the land that governed our people because the Aboriginal people come under the um, protection, Aboriginal protection scheme. So she went to him and the girls, my aunties, were sent up to Warabinda, which is outside of Rockhampton. Beg your pardon. But she got them home. You know, she, she just was a force to be reckoned with. But she never did anything in an aggressive manner or she did, 
She approached people. She was always gentle, but she had this. She had a inner strength, and um, it's a God-given strength. We've got some very strong women in our family line. I'll tell you that. So um, she was a fighter. She was a Deborah. She was a warrior. So she got them home, and she not only cared for her her mother. Her mother was never taken away to a mission, um, and he's her brother's children. So she had three of his children, she had her own kids and she had her grandmother and they wanted to remove them all to a mission because she was considered to be homeless because they didn't live in houses. They lived, you know, in their little bark huts. So she built a house, she built a hut. She, she built a hut with her own hands. <laughs> How amazing is she, you know? She had a dirt floor, it's the cleanest dirt floor, you could eat off that floor, you know? So this is this amazing woman. This is this amazing woman. And um, she had eight children. My father was the youngest of that family. Is there one before this? The mission one? Is it after this one? Okay, all right. Now, um, you can see the breastplate up the front. Can you put the arrow on that one? Thanks, darling. Now, that's Bill and Bill. He eventually was forced... Oh, God love him... He was eventually forced into the mission, which was at, called Deeming Creek. It's now called Perga, which is about, uh, it's more over the other side of Mananjali country, closer to Ipswich, Brisbane, if you know Brisbane. And he eventually died there. Um, I think he was a bit frail at that time. But um, he still didn't want to go, and he was forced to go. And he is buried there somewhere in an unmarked grave at Perga. So, um, and that was about 1901. So, um, but that's just a little picture of, you know, becoming civilised and wearing clothes and <laughs> walking around with lap laps on. Oh, that'd be a bit shocking if I turned up in traditional, I'll tell you. <laughs> <laughs> oh, boy. But um, so it's just giving a little bit of information when we were growing up that I lived in a very, very beautiful community. We all lived in the one street. So because of my grandmother, we were given parcels of land in Bow Desert. It was a street called Peterson Street. And um, it was Peterson Street and Drumley Lane. But we all lived there. My uncle was in the Second World War. And so when he came back from war, people were granted pieces of land. And so, and he sold land off to an auntie and my father and another auntie. So we all lived in this one street, <coughs> all related. And growing up was just amazing. Like we, we were considered to be poor, but I never felt poor. I probably, we probably ate better than most people today, like organically. Like everything was growing and, you know, fresh milk and fresh meat and all that sort of stuff. So we were healthy kids. We were always outside playing and it was just wonderful. Just absolutely. Everyone looked after everybody, you know. You never starved. Have big fires in the background, as we said. We got together and we had an uncle who was the hunter and would bring home kangaroo and catfish and eel. Oh, I hated eel. <laughs> but, you know, light the fire up and everyone come together and... So that was my childhood growing up and then I went to school. And I thought, what is this place? <laughs> because when I grew up, I was born in 1951. So when I went to school, it was in 1956. 
And school was all us black kids had to be over here. We weren't allowed to segregate with the other kids. I thought, I want to play with my friends <laughs> over there, you know. So when you're, a, when you're a kid, you don't know what that is. You don't, you don't understand what that is. Just go along with the rules. So I thought, oh, I don't think I like this place. So I used to take off at lunchtime with my mate, <laughs> my cousin. <laughs> the lunch bell would go and we'd be, I was wagging school when I was five years of age. Oh, God, help me. <laughs> and you know what? Mum would have a search party out for me and, you know, we'd be going along picking the daisies and climbing trees and eating mangoes and, you know, just going on this little wild adventure. And I wouldn't be home and Mum would have everybody out. Where's Janice? Because my best friend's name was Janice. Well, there's two of us. And no good. We'd get home. I'd get a strap. I'd get a flogging. Now, you've got to stay at school, but I don't like school. <laughs> And the thing is, I wanted to learn. And, um, and it's a reality of what we went through at the time. There was discrimination. My, my, my cousin punched out one of his teachers. <laughs> Mr Warren. <laughs> we had this big commotion. Because we all... St- well, but the whole family was at the same school, so it was good. And anyway... Warren, oh, he was only a little shorty like me too. And um, Mr. Warren, he was this big, bulky teacher and he just pushed the wrong button that day. Well, Warren got up, drove him, knocked him down the ground and took off. <laughs> they had the police after him and everything. We had to hide him in the bush. Oh, God, it was funny. <laughs> And we had this other kid, he was called Peter Brown and he was in the Scouts and um, he was like, yeah, public enemy number one <laughs> to us and this one day, oh, we're terrible. But they, I was the smallest one so my job was, because he was, he's give us all the hard time, he's to call us all the worst names under the sun, you know, and um, make fun of us. So all us girls now, there was the clump cordial factory so they hid, the big ones hid behind the factory and they said, now you get out because he thinks you're quite, and, you know, safe. So I go, hello, Peter. And as I stopped him, well, they all jumped out and they bashed him up. <laughs> and got his bike and threw it in the grass. And then, and he, he was just such a, a bold fella because he was in the scouts. So he used to come down our street and collect all the beer bottles and the drink bottles. And we go, Dad, don't let him come down. He said, no, we can't be like that. We give him them bottles, you know. I said, but we can take them bottles in and get the money. He said, no, it's for a worthy cause. <laughs> All right, I'm winding up. But anyway, um, I'm not aggressive by nature, truly. <laughs> but the next day at school, no good. That principal said, can I have Janice Page, Paula Page, Jerry Page? All of us cousins, we had to go up to that office. Got there, put that hand out like that, got the cuts. But, um, you know, I had an auntie who was a Christian and her name was Auntie Teresa. She was a beautiful woman. She taught us how to pray. Um, she just, she prayed for this, our, all of her people continuously. She taught us about Jesus. We used to have Sunday school in Peterson Street under the tree. 
the church without walls. My cousin's actually got a photo of us all at the front. Under, there's about 40 of us kids. We've got the wild hair, the runny nose, the whole bit. And, but we love Sunday school. And we used to have this old Mr Pickett with the piano accordion. He used to wear the shorts down here with them skinny legs and he'd be singing away. He'd love it and we'd all be singing, you know, the, all the old hymns. And um, so that was my, my introduction to who Jesus was. And I loved him. I love the story of him. I loved, I said, I want to know this, this Jesus. And it wasn't until I turned 50, I'm getting the wind up, it wasn't until I turned 50 that, am I right? Okay, the next slide. Oh, yep. Yeah, that's it. That's my dad. Yeah. <laughs> my dad, my mum, that's when they were young, look at them. Look at the sign. Help the battler, concreter. <laughs> He was such an entrepreneurial, he's an amazing man. But you know what? He, oh God, he was amazing. My mum, she was born in the, in the city. She, she lived in the valley in Brisbane. Dad was a bushy. And so this, you couldn't get two different people if you tried. And he was like, you know, he just he didn't worry about how he dressed and that. Mum was the total opposite. So he's got this sign up. Help! This is after he retired because Dad started up his own concreting business. What an amazing man! He moved from Bow Desert. I had a brother who was born with special needs, and we lived in Bow Desert, but they had to travel too far to Brisbane because he used to take fits, and um, he had a tumor on his brain. So um, we had to move out of Bow Desert and and move to. Mount Cravat, actually, at Brisbane. So this is at the front of the Housing Commission house that they were um, allocated. And they lived there for 52 years, was it, Jim? And uh, so he started up his own concreting business and um, he just, you know, he just wanted to make a living for his, and hand something back to his kids. He always used to say, hey, Jimmy, get some dirt, buy some dirt, <laughs> get some land. But he had this sign up, mum going, Roy, get that, get that sign down, they'll think we're poor. He said, we are poor. <laughs> you know. And uh, so go to the next one. Oh, my God. Now, this is my brother David. David is the song man in our family. He was the artistic director for Bangara Dance Company. And we recently lost him, and it's a sad loss for us. And... Um, but he always acknowledged his elders. That's all of mum's children, except for one. Uh, Philip was not in that photo, he'd passed away. But there was 12 of us, so it was six girls and six boys. And um, I know, it's crazy. We've got lots of kids and grandkids and great-grandkids and great-great-grandkids, it's crazy. And um, very close family. And um, there's two of us that have given our hearts to the Lord. That's me and my sister Donna on the end here with the black and white on. So she's, um, so we're trying, carrying on. Only, what only test started up in Peterson Street, but is it? So, um, beg your pardon? The song man. Come here. No, get up here. I want you to come here. <laughs> you got something to share? No, no, no. no. no, 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 no I was just going to say, um, 
This is our uncle David, and he was the um, as Mum said, he was the songman of our family, and um, it has brought great joy. And uh, j- just the theme of Nadoc this week being um, songline, and um, yeah, I just think it was just fitting that we've, we've all got a songman in our in our family, and we've we all got songs and stories to share with each other. But um, yeah, that's all. I thought you had something to say about, it, but that's it. That's all. God is so good. Look, He blessed me with Him. And oh, I've got five other children as well. What a blessing. And 20 grandkids. So, yeah, but he was our song man. And um, he grew up with my auntie Teresa. So he had the seed of the Lord planted in, in him. And so um, I just think, oh, God, if he was on fire for the Lord, all the songs he would have been able to write, you know. But, um, but he's still blessed. He recorded a lot of his songs and music in language in our language, and I think that's an important thing for us, is our language, like, um, I know when I was a little girl, my grandmother and her other two, her sister-in-law and another granny, Granny Queenie and Granny Ida, they were called, and um, they used to get together and speak language, because a lot of people could speak the different dialects, and so they would get together and have the biggest yarn, and, um, but they would always chase us away, because we weren't allowed to speak our language and so they didn't want us for fear of us being taken away. So we weren't allowed. We knew certain words, um, you know, that we picked up that she would call, like Jarjum is children, Jimbalungs is your family and your relations, um, Gobby Midging. If your grandmother was saying Gobby Midging, you're in trouble because <laughs> Gobby Midging, come here, you kids, you know. So... Um, so there was words that she would use, but we hadn't had the full flow of the, the, the dialect. But it's been a blessing that our language was recorded, and now it's on an app. So we're talking about reconciliation and restoration. So praise the Lord that we have access to that. Like my grandson rang me up, um, emailed me, said, Nan, can you do the Lord's Prayer for me in our language? I said, hey, you get on that app, you lazy thing. I said, and you can... <laughs> can do that but I did it for him and and I just thank God for it like I felt so blessed and um, you know gave him all the glory and all the praise because God is at the beginning he's the starter and he is the finisher of all things and there are things that we have lost but he says he's the God of restoration and he restores all things all things to us all things that he says that we need and the first he says but we need we need to accept Jesus Christ as our Lord and Saviour. And for our people, not just my people, because everyone's my people. Because God says, that's my commandment as a Christian. You go out. You go. I command you, you go. He commands me to be forgiving. He commands me to love one another, to love all. But first commandment is to love him first, with all my heart, with all my soul. With everything that's in my being is to love him first and put him first and then love me second. And that's a thing for our people to, to know and to get that into their hearts. Because of oppression and because of things that have come in, in the past, God wants to restore them to him. Because when, when the missionaries came, they came with the gun and the Bible. And they say that because they came with the government, because they came under a protection and there was a law, a new law that governed them. 
and they used the missionaries um, to connect with them and to bring the word of Jesus. So, um, and see, the devil's he's he's a cunning, you know, and so whatever God means for good, he wants to. Because he doesn't want people to come to know Christ. He doesn't want people to know who God is. And so the wrong image of God was painted. And not just for my people. I've read a lot of history about lots of different cultures. And, and so the wrong image of God was painted. The wrong picture of who God is. He's loving. He's not a punishing God with a big stick and saying, you know, all this religious stuff. Because that's what Jesus came to, um, that's what he came to, to tear down. You know, he always took them on. Yeah, all right. So, can you, so what I want you to do, just ask the service team to pass out the emblems. Yep. And can you I'm, just share something around the communion yep. so we can take that together? Yep, as well? no worries. Okay. So, yeah, and so, pardon? Yeah, go to the next slide. Now, <clears throat> this is not to scare anybody, but I had my Holy Spirit woke me up this morning. I saw this image yesterday. And he said, I want you to just to, to actually download that and share that. Um, and it's not a nice thing that was said about the Aboriginal people. This was in the Sunday Herald, as you can see. And it just paints a picture of the things that were spoken over the Indigenous people of this country. It just gives an understanding that how um, oppressed people can be. And they're in chains. But when we come to communion... Communion is about breaking those chains. Communion is about his body that was battered and bruised. He was beaten so bad that he lost the majority of the content of his blood. His blood was shed, which is also what we remember. Because he says, do this in remembrance. It's about his death. It's about him dying on the cross for us. It's about his being so beaten and his blood, all his blood was shed so that we'd be free, that we are free. He freed us. He said on that cross, it's finished. Those chains are broken. Those chains are broken. And as we do communion today, we do that remembering and knowing that God did, he did not, he didn't die in vain. His death is not in vain. And it's for all people. He died for all mankind. His blood was shed for all mankind. And as we stand here, it's forgiving. It's the forgiveness of all the sins of our forefathers. Of oppression. Judgments. That it's all broken. Those chains that keep us in bondage. That keep people in bondage. It's not what the enemy says about you. It's not what man says about you. It's about what God says about you. That you are worthy. That we can celebrate in him today. Oh, we praise you, Lord. Lord, We just give you all the praise, Lord. I just, you know, God, your love is so amazing. Your love is so amazing. It is so powerful that it transcends all things. It transcends all pain. It transcends all hurts. It turns everything into joy, Lord. And peace, Lord, in you and knowing that you are, you are above it all, Father. 
You are over it all. Your hand is in every situation, Lord. Lord, you have an amazing plan for this country, dear Heavenly Father. Lord, you have an amazing plan for the people that you have planted, dear Heavenly Father. You have an amazing plan for this church, dear Heavenly Father. You want to grow it, dear Lord. And God, as we come together, Lord, in your name, God, that we will that we will uh, eat this bread in remembrance of the cross, dear Heavenly Father. And as we drink in remembrance of the blood that was shed, the healing blood of the Lamb, dear Heavenly Father. God, we thank you, Lord. We give you all the glory and we give you all the praise. Thank you, Lord Jesus. Praise you, Lord Jesus. Church, just as we take our emblems uh, this morning, I just encourage you, if you can stand and just, we're just going to sing a song, um, Breaking Chains. I don't know what you're carrying today, Lord. In, in this church and if there's any baggage or any any burdens we just we just pray right now that those those chains are broken and you you are set free because of the blood shed for us so as we sing this song i just just want you to reflect on that and just think about those things that you want broken from your life
His power in the name of Jesus to break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. To break every chain, break every chain, break every chain. Oh, awesome, God. Father, we thank you for Janice. God, we thank you for the word she brought and for Jimmy. And uh, God, we thank you for NADOC Day. And uh, God, that we can celebrate and remember and uh, consider our uh, interaction and our uh, uh, assimilation, I guess, uh, with, with our Indigenous brothers and sisters and, we, and indeed with every nation on this earth, God. And, uh, and Father, we, we lift you up in the midst of all those confrontations and and conflicts throughout this earth, God. And, and Lord, somehow, I know you're going to get the glory in this. I don't know how, but I know that you will. And we, we thank you for this opportunity to praise and worship your name and to commune with you today. And, and also to pray for those broken chains, God. I, I thank you so much that you uh, declare that over each and every life in Jesus' name. Amen. Come on, let's give God a great big applause this morning. And Janice, give her a great big applause too for being with us. Thanks, Janice. It was awesome. for listening to the message today brought to you by Baylife Church. We hope the message leaves you feeling challenged and inspired to live out your Christian walk. Please tune in again for next week's message.